1: Oh, you want to do a funny show tonight, right? Well, some of this stuff is so funny, you just can't control yourself. For example, I just have a little note. As J. Paul Getty said Sunday night in London, he finds that it's hard work being a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> then he goes on to say, but what disturbs him most is that people find him a bore.
0: <laughs>
1: How's that for a fantastic candor? <laughs> You've never heard anybody who concedes that he's a bore? <laughs> he goes on to say, he says, I always have wished that I had a better personality and could converse more intelligently. I must admit I'm dull. <laughs> Friends, this program is being sent to you this following show by your favorite boy. Da, 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 da. What a kind of a lovable, cute boy. Da, da. <laughs> Come on, say so. Hello, hello. Oh, isn't this a cute little story for the beginning of the week? Oh. Hey, Lee, will you do something for me? Well you well you, you you do that so well. You know, not many people can do that. You have the the beautiful, most beautiful way of saying aw that I ever heard anybody say. Yeah, because you you know, people who are animal cuckoos always can do that. Because they're doing it a lot, you know. I remember the day that you went up to this gorilla who was eating a person and you went, Aw are the shoes sticking in your teeth. Aw. By the way, did you see that? Did you see that funny cartoon of the New Yorker the other week? I'm sorry, it's a sick cartoon, but it's so funny. <laughs> it's not sick; it's just funny. It's it's my favorite cartoonist of them all, George Price. Boy, can he draw! And you see a couple of ducks, you know, mallards flying, and they're way up in the air. There, see, you can see nothing but a cloud, uh, kind of outlining them. These two ducks, and one duck says to the other duck, "Somewhere." I can't help thinking. There's a load of buckshot with my name on it. (laughs) Oh, isn't this a cute story? Would you give me uh, recording number two? Yeah, ein, zwei, und, drei.
0: Now, Oh, here comes that boy! Oh, come on, man!
1: Yeah, we know, we know. Which all the numbers I put in the special range? Of course. By myself, you know. Yeah, man, they sound like a man, man. Eh? They're all made by hand. Cute story, Lee. Out, I'll, t- I'll get her as soon as she's off the thing in there. Uh, you have to do something to get you wake up, though. After all, you know. Oh, listen. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, would you please do that for me? Would you do this for me, Lee? Can you can you talk to me on the uh, the intercom here? Yeah. Can you hear that? All right, let's hear you go. Aww. Come on, press the button there. That's it. He'll show you how to do it. Let's hear it. Come on. <laughs> i say, aw. Do it a little louder now. Oh, isn't that cute? Would you please turn up the gain so we can hear her even better, please, if you will? Of course, as you know, I have this tremendous staff of highly paid assistants who uh, can leap in here at any moment and can fill the dramatic gaps of our show, of which there are many. Would you please... Uh, would you please, Miss Brown? Oh, that's so cute. Now, do you want to know what you're talking about? By the way, that's one of my favorite commercials. You know that one with the dog? And uh, the big dog is showing the little dog on how to get... What are those things? Dog yummies or something? What is the, what is the product? Yeah, wait a minute here. We'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, flavor snacks, yeah, that's right. And the dog says, oh, now, come on, now, stand up now. There. Oh, isn't that cute? And the little dog jumps up. But I'm sorry. But listen to this. Do you want to hear a really great little story? And you you're, you're, you just can't help but say, Oh Chucky Jr., this is from Philadelphia. Chucky Jr., the groundhog, who lives at the Children's Zoo in Philadelphia, caused some tremendous excitement when he slipped through a gate while zookeepers were cleaning his cage. A motorist spotted the little brown furry creature scampering about outside the zoo grounds, and he notified the zoo. You know, have you ever seen a groundhog? Oh, they're really cute. Anyway, he, he, he saw this little brown furry creature scampering about outside the zoo grounds, and he notified the zoo. So immediately they got together a gigantic search party, and while a search party combed the area for Chucky. Chucky, unseen, had slipped back into his freshly scrubbed cage and quietly waited for dinner. <laughs> Would you please now, Lee, if you will. That is so cute. Oh, so cute. By the way, speaking of uh, about things that are cute, uh, listen to this one. From Hobbs, New Mexico. A couple of bird dogs wandered in from somewhere and have been making themselves at home in the Hobbs Country Club. But the two retrievers are about to lose their happy home. They've gotten in the habit of picking up well-hit golf balls in their mouths and bounding back with their tails wagging, returning the balls to the unhappy golfers who have just gotten off a 370-foot drive. (laughs) They think, you know, you bring them back, the retrievers. Oh, isn't that cute? Oh, wow. Do you want to hear more? Uh, Do you want to hear more cute animal stories? Listen to this one. Calcutta, India. The West Bengal government may send cats after the rats that have been eating its files, said S.M. Mushed, Joint Home Secretary. Dogs, horses, and elephants have already been employed on official business. He says there is no reason why the Indian government cannot employ a large number of highly trained cats to go after the rats. And then, of course, you know, there's going to be some rats going to work for them. But, uh, you know, that's true that many governments use animals as part of their, you know, government employees. In fact, there's a place where is the place there's a place I believe in South Africa somewhere. Is it? Yeah, I think it is South Africa. Is it Australia? One of those places. Some place anyway where a guy has trained maybe a half dozen baboons as caddies. Did you hear about that? Yeah. And they carried a golf clubs around you. (laughs) I'm serious. And they'd even decide what to use. Caddy, you know, the golf, uh, you know how a caddy does. Caddy looks down, says, I think you should use number five on this uh, shot, sir. Well, a caddy, uh, you know, this is a baboon. So he reaches, and they never wrong. You know, a baboon does not lie. Like Heidi, friends, a baboon does not lie. Absolutely not. Like Jack Armstrong. And uh, when, a, when a baboon caddy says you should use the number five, you better use it, because you see what happens. They also have very short tempers. And, uh, you reach in and you take the number two, and instead of the number five, you'll probably get the number five right in your ear. You would probably pull you apart like a Christmas turkey, friends. <laughs> I mean, bone by bone. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Pennsylvania's biggest lake is Lake wallen pow which was man-made in 1924. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's just these little things that keep, uh, life exciting, uh, uh, the Nepalese government has announced that it is raising the price of climbing Mount Everest. You know that you got to pay a, a, a fee to climb Mount Everest, Oh, they have a gate down there with a little, uh, you know, turnstile wall. And, and uh, when you climb, the old fee is one; it was five hundred bucks. It is now a one thousand dollar fee. Climb Mount Everest, get by license. And by the way, they do not guarantee satisfaction. That if you get halfway up and you get tired of it, you know, a scenery, you climb one mountain, it's the same. You know, you get halfway up and you say, the hell with this. I mean, this is no better than the Catskills. Well, uh, they're not going to give you the G back, friends. It's all there is it. <laughs> Do we have any commercials? Oh, groovy, groovy. We can say it all tonight, friends. And uh, as you all know, uh, this is, uh... Oh, no, this is terrible. No, no, I won't, I won't tell you this. No, 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 no. I, I'm not going to read this to you. No, this is terrible. No no, no, no. It's awful. It's about a man that bit a tiger. That's terrible. Oh, isn't this cute? Oh yes, isn't this London, said the Reverend Peter Spivy, Vicar of Meltham, Yorkshire, after a local postman handed him the cream ashes of Countess Katie de Haymond for burial, quote When I receive such remains to the post, it rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> oh, gee. Talk about a sick seed. And, You know, speaking of, of cartoons, if, uh, if I may uh, say so, a couple of weeks ago, uh, there were a couple of there were a couple of cartoons. You know, have you noticed that most cartoon ma- magazines that run cartoons go through cycles? Like, uh, you, there'll be two or three months, and there'll be nothing. You know, the cartoons you look at them are nothing, and then all of a sudden, for about three days. There are, you know, they'll have, about maybe three weeks, there'll be great cartoons. Like, for example, did you see the one in the New Yorker? Uh, it shows, uh, 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 this is in the same issue from the one with the ducks. It shows a, uh, a VW convertible. Now, already, you know, when you, you've said something about, you know, the people who buy VWs, they almost invariably got a little thing, little tattered sign on the back says Eugene McCarthy for Saint, and, uh, you know, they're, they're almost all the same, you see. Or another family. Oh, the sad one I saw the other day. Oh, it was so sad. On Christopher Street. I saw this this, this car. It was a little VW. And it was a fantastic fight going on. A family arguing and screaming. The kids were yelling in the back seat. And the old man, he was hitting them, you know, and he was yelling. The mother was yelling back. It was a fantastic uproar going on. And they had this little tag on the back of the car. It says, another family for peace. And I thought... Uh, <laughs> Most people think, you know, that's the same kind of guy that, you know, hates mankind. but No, he loves mankind, but hates people. And uh, so, you know, peace is, you know, it doesn't matter. It's like many a peace guy I know in his own private life, you know, stabs his wife, hits his brother-in-law in the mouth, but he's for peace. And, uh, yeah, of course, it's a contradiction in terms. You shouldn't bring terms up like that. But here's a little VW convertible. Now, that's even a special, that's a subdivision of the VW world. You know, the, v, the, the little convertible sedan type? So it's a, it's a convertible VW. And, and within the VW world, there's an even more special sub subdivision. There's a certain kind of cutesy type that puts all these little flowers all over their VW. That's a special, you know, in, within, within. And so here's this, uh, whoever this guy was, Riley, the cartoonist, he knew that world. So here's this VW commercial, over this VW little little wagon there. And it's got flowers all over it. And you see the old man, the father sitting in the front. He's got a beard, you know, he's a real hip-looking type. And he's yelling at the kid, sitting in the back seat. And uh, the car is stopped. And you see, walking towards the car, you see this traffic cop. And he's bugged. They have just gone through a light or something, so he's walking towards them. And he's got this, you know, the traffic cop helmet from riding on the motorcycle. He's got his ticket book out, and he's bugged. He's walking towards his car. And you see the old man, the father, the hip type. He's got a beard and all that, and he's got a black T-shirt. And he's yelling at his kid, little kid sitting in the back seat, and he's got the long beetle-type hair. And he says to the kid, I'm warning you, don't start oinking. <laughs> I'm sorry Oh, you gotta have You gotta have a certain kind of, and, and, and what Oh, speaking of that Here's, here's a sad one Would you please give me Number one Number one Number one A great golden ball Of sun Hangs over the purple hill. And out of that dusty valley, a solitary figure, carrying his saddle flung over his shoulder, walking a lone trail alone. Down the streets of that quiet, tired, sleepy, dusty western town. Past the blacksmith. Now he's just walking on past the barber shop. She's hung up, man. And she's just there. She's hung up. Now he's slipping into the next groove. Yeah, that's it. How'd that get split? Anyway, that was my best record. Who did that? Did Skip sit on that one, too? Yeah. That solitary stranger coming out of them purple hills, walking that long, long, that long, lonesome trail. And then suddenly. Out of the silver dollar saloon, a shot rings out. The stranger turns. <laughs> All right, reset that, man. Listen to this cartoon. It shows two, two cowboys standing there. It's obviously the Old West. They don't have many cartoons on the Old West, you know. That's funny why they don't. And this is Whitney Darrow Jr. It shows these two. These two cowboys standing there, and they're kind of looking, you know, they're looking a little jovial. One's talking to the other, and they got guns slung around them. And it's in front of the saloon, and you see next to him, you see this this figure laying spread out. He is dead. D-E-D, he is spread out. His arms are outflung. You see his gun next to him and his hat. And one cowboy says to the other cowboy, you know, must be a terrible blow to the ego to regard oneself as the fastest gun in the West, and then one day find out you're not.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, have you ever noticed uh, every one of these guys that's called the fastest gun in the West really is? And and every time you see Alan Ladd show up in the scene, and they, you know, he he's got that little so vaguely tired, wan look about the eye. You know, he's the man because of his fantastic uh, sense of good and evil, has been forced to kill a lot of bad guys in his time, you know. And you know that, see. And now he's come to this little town. This is a typical Western plot. And he wants to retire, see. He doesn't want to shoot no more bad guys. And what he wants to do is raise sheep or get married to the schoolmarm or something, you know, and have kids. He's going straight, see. But then all of a sudden somebody spots him the silver dollar, where he is now drinking milk. See, he's converted now totally Maybe he drinks a little Diet Yoohoo or something. And uh, and you see way down at the other end of the bar, you see Ward Bond or somebody like that, say. And uh, suddenly the music begins to play. Because he sees who it is. And old Ward Bond puts down, puts down, Ward Bond puts down that drink of whiskey. And whiskey, his beach, uh, he's been drinking away. He looks down, he says, he says, look, Bob God, you see who just come in the bar? Yeah, he's the fastest gun in the West. He's got it, you know, what cleaned up Teamstone. He not only. Listen, there's more men sleeping tonight in Boot Hill because of the work that that man's done than any other single man ever came west to the Pecos River. And by God, he's the man's got to be our ranger. After all, the Claggett boys been running all our sheep off the range and. Snot Claggett and old Flem Claggett. They've been giving us more trouble than we can handle. So I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna talk to him. Because he can be here in town for only one thing. That's right. He's here in town for gun. That's the only thing. Alan Ladd knows. And you see, poor old Alan Ladd down there, quietly drinking by himself. An old ward bot walks right up behind him and it says Chew gun you ain't fooling me you come here disguised as a professor or something like that but you ain't fooling me I know who you are you cleaned up tombstone you're the one that did it you did it big old oak Dalton. that time I seen you done it with that the solemn sad man turns it says that's all over I don't give away my guns. No more shooting for me. And then suddenly, down the street, out of the silver dollar, we hear... And then we see that dusty train coming in out of the west, bearing Jack Palance, that slag, Craggett, and his brother, Flam. They've come to town. And the big clock up there in the steeple starts ticking off. It's twelve minutes to high noon. And at high noon, the claggett boys have promised to burn the town to the ground. Yeah, and there's only one thing for Alan Ladd to do. And with a sad, tired look, we'll see him going upstairs to that little solitary room in the hotel. He's unpacking them two silver-mounted Colton Wesson 44s. We know it's just time before the fastest gun in the West strides that long, lonesome trail. Down that lonely street and alone faces the forces of evil. out and you know that moment they always do the same kind of camera angle there's a shot where you see the bad guy standing high and tall he's filling up the whole screen and it's shot down around his kneecap and there he stands with his legs spread apart and shot right between his legs you see coming towards you that solitary dusty figure representing good and they stand for just a brief moment And you see the townspeople peering out of the windows everywhere, waiting to see which way it's going to go. There's Jack Warden. He's always on hand. Mm -hmm. Jack Warden has come west with his wife, Abigail. And you remember what happened when they were on the trail? They got robbed by the Dalton boys. And in the ensuing melee, Abigail got shot by a Cherokee Indian bow, somehow. And now he's here trying to start all over again. And Abigail lies buried up there on the hill, along with their little son Tommy. Up there on the hill, who died of the pip coming down from that long, lonesome purple valley, where the riders of the sage gathered one time to and then it goes on and on and on. Odd infinitum, odd nauseum. Jack Warden, where are you tonight? Yes. And tonight we'd like to salute all those character actors, by the millions who rode those, the black horses, into countless passes as they went galloping out of town looking for the Dalton boys, or they came galloping in town following the Dalton boys, or they galloped up the hill following the Sioux Indians, or they galloped down the hill chased by the Sioux Indians. All them guys riding all them horses wearing all them stock costumes out of costuming, all them guys with the pasted-on beards and the blue jowls. Those thousands and thousands and thousands of nameless actors with the crinkly eyes who got gunned down, who got shot, who fell off the wagons, who rode shotgun, who got blown up the time that the Dalton gang took care of that little mine that those miners were trying to eke out a simple living out of the hills the scraggly deserts of Utah. We salute all those nameless guys who every night, even now, five, six channels at once, ride back and forth, sometimes the same guys and the same horses, the same guns roaring out. We salute all you guys. You've probably sold more Preparation H than anybody that's ever come down that lonesome trail and ever will come down out of that purple sunset. Yeah, <laughs> Now wait a minute! Now wait, hold it! Now, now, what's all this about? Now, when, 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 you know, <laughs> I'll tell you. Oh, if you want to hear something groovy, I'm gonna dig it out here. I got it here among my among my souvenirs for a crap or two. Oh, here it is. Yeah, I had this. Uh, I have this buddy who keeps me informed. See, I have a spy, an old friend of mine who's from the Lower East Side. An artist and about three times a week I get stuff that is sent to me out of the West and that uh, boy I'll tell you they've got stuff going on out there I'm talking about a lot of Los Angeles and San Diego and places like that that you just would never see anywhere here in New York in any way shape or form for example he sent me this ad out of a newspaper it's out of the it's a Los Angeles newspaper. Let's see. Does he tell me which one it is? And uh, anyway, it's an ad. I don't know which paper it is. L.A., one of the Los Angeles paper, regular paper, you know, like the Times. And uh, he puts a little note on it. He says, uh, "Shep, the real end of an era." This is the kind of thinking that Doc has. He's a great guy. He says, "Shep." real end of an era auctioning off, auctioning off all of our myths and our dreams and here's the big ad in the Los Angeles paper and it's headed Over $2 million replacement cost. By order of board of directors, a complete sellout. And the headline reads, Famous movie and TV horses, plus Western gear and 100s and 100s and 100s of Old West horse-drawn vehicles used in thousands of movies, now on sale at auction. North Hollywood, L.A., California world-renowned auction sale, spect- to be sold piecemeal in lots small or large to suit the bidder. The famed Bonanza horses, ridden by Stars, Candy, Little Joe, Hoss, and Ben Cartwright, along with horses used on location in Gunsmoke, Big Valley, Lancer, Hello Dolly, and many, many famed television and Western productions, Including all of Gary Cooper's pictures, plus huge selection of fine saddles, harness, tack, blankets, western memorabilia, maintenance equipment, trucks, horses, stock trailers, not to mention a fine supply of slightly used stagecoaches. And then there's a picture that shows this stage. Barreling down through the dust, and you see a crowd of Indians around it. And it is headed this ride shotgun with the big auction sale for the sale of the century. Own this very own for your own. Own this stagecoach. Yes, Conestoga wagons, heavy wagons, freight wagons, all used in major productions. Stagecoaches still bearing the shots still bearing chips from the chippewa indian arrows can be used at the highest bidding and don't forget all these horses are trained in western western riding these horses do rollovers flips and somersaults these horses will do your beck and call these horses are all trained actors having appeared with gary cooper joel McCrae, and other famous western actors Isn't that something? Now, now that's, I'm not inventing this. Now, can you imagine reading a, uh, a big ad like that, say, in the New York Times or the Post? <laughs> I mean, that's the West, man. And they're selling it all out. You want to hear some of the other stuff they've got that they're selling out? This is, this is wild. Listen to this. Partial inventory. Approximately 217 movie and television horses. All trained actors. Approximately fifty are outstanding registered horses of various breeds, pedigrees, appalooses, saddlebreds, thoroughbreds, and quarter horses with breed certificates. Combined ways livestock is used. Fine cast horses. And principal horses. Did you know that, that they have two sets of horses? That there's the cast horse and the principal horse. Now what is a cast horse? Well, a cast horse is that big crowd, you know, the guys that come galloping up out of the darkness, you know, and they're with Claggett. You just see him in the background there. That's the cast horse. What is a principal horse? Well, that's the horse that Alan Ladd comes galloping up on, the one that Glenn Campbell comes riding up on. It's a star horse. Now, why is he a star horse? Well, because he's an actor. He really is. And if you don't think horses can act, friend, you don't know anything about horses. He is a star horse. Now, how, what does he do? Have you noticed some of these star horses when the John Wayne comes up over that ridge, you see, and next to John Wayne is uh, his sidekick, and they come up over the ridge, and what do you notice his horse does? Well, what does his horse do? Does it does it do what your horses do when you go to Central Park? See the grass? Oh, no. What happens? He goes... <laughs> That's the first thing he does. See, that's the signal to the Indians below that John Wayne has arrived. You notice they always do that? <laughs> and he throws his head, and he lifts it high. And for a second, you see that great head, that that beautifully formed head of this magnificent quarter horse outlined against the western sun.
0: <laughs>
1: he goes, and his mane flies. And you notice he doesn't have just a lot of little old scrubbly hair on the back of his neck. He's got a mane. I mean, you know. This is a star horse, and then you notice he 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 does this little thing. You know, he starts backing. <laughs> well, now a star horse, a principal horse, has to know a lot of things. For example, have you ever seen the scene where uh, John Wayne is riding along, and uh, with him is uh, Claire Trevor? You see, she's the school mom from Boston, and uh, they're riding along, and all of a sudden, John Wayne's horse stops and goes. <laughs> And he rears up, you notice, and you notice very interestingly, he does not throw John Wayne into the nearest uh, sticker bush. Not at all. He knows just exactly how high to go before John Wayne takes off like a Titan rocket. Well, now, that's the difference between a cast horse and uh, a principal horse. So he goes, and his feet go up, you know, and he does this beautiful rearing, you see, up against the sun there, and he goes, and John Wayne whips out a six-gun, and sure enough, there in the sagebrush, he goes kapow, pow, pow. He kills a rattlesnake dead. How many times have you seen that in the western movie? Well, now the difference between a principal hat, principal horse, and a cast horse is this: What does a cast horse do when he sees a rattlesnake in the bush? He gets bit. He's dumb. He just looks over, says, "Oh, a snake." And he wants to play with it. The next thing you know, whap! Or even more often, the principal horse. You know, of course, he he's acting all the way. You know, the principal horse uh, will quite often, uh, when he sees a snake, uh, he will even in, he will hew John Wayne in a scene. See, Wayne quite often forgets his lines and all that. Not the horse. See, that's another thing. Did you know that the uh, principal horses quite often act as uh, as a uh, Assistant stage managers, you know, you can get a couple of extra bucks that way, and they cue the actor. And say, hey, shoot now. See? At the, so uh, there's a lot to being a principal horse. Now, a cast horse is just a plain old plug. And his job is to run with all the other plugs in the in the posse. Now, don't put him down, though. He's not like a Central Park horse. Because he knows that he, you know, he he's learned how to fall over dead. Have you noticed how many of them fall over dead when the shots go out? And that's what a... Of course, you understand that a principal horse is never killed. Yeah, I mean, if he is, you know, it's a a big moment in the plot, if he is. And they make a whole big thing about that, see. That John Wayne hides behind him, see, and shoots it out with the Sioux Indian chief from behind the principal horse. And, of course, the principal horse is occupying the whole screen. This is a major shot for a horse. You know, do you know that most principal horses have portfolios and uh, resumes? And they carry with them shot photos, you know, various big scenes they've done. And there are at least two horses that were nominated for Academy Awards. Did you know that? Of course, due to racial prejudice, not one of them won yet. But in a few years, uh, it's it's got to come. You know, this country's changing. the Times are changing. And, uh, you know, the kids are not going to stand still for this much longer. I mean, oh, no. Those kids out of UCLA, I mean, they've been bypassing them horses too long. Of course, it's all part of racial prejudice. It's a racist country. But uh, nevertheless, oh, yes! You notice those horses are not even given name-building? I mean, it's like years ago, they used to be the maids and the butlers and all that. You know, they come on and say, yes, I'm boss, yes. That's changed. None of that stuff anymore, right? And rightfully so. That's good. Well, there's going to be a time, believe me, when those horses are going to get what's coming for them. You know, it's this is Big Buck, you know. Also, where, you know, John Wayne. Oh, Sure. Uh, but uh, never well the ASCPA they've been at years about this. But nevertheless, what else you know, you know what else they've got to sell there? Listen, to this one fine cast horses, principal and saddle horses, harness horses, and excellent stagecoach teams. Now that's a rare horse. These are these you know these horses that uh, gallop along there. You notice when the wheels are going backwards on the stage, and you know, it's not easy to pull a stage with wheels going backwards. But uh, they're trained to do that. And it says uh, greys sorrels. Uh, Appaloosas, Blacks and Bays, and uh, it's a specialty horses. Runes, what the heck is it? Oh, runes, I'm sorry, it's a misprint. Runes, (laughs) grays, sorrels. And listen to this, fine collection, 12 trained rearing horses. Now, you know what is it, a rearing horse? Well, it's obvious what it is. Ah! They go like that, see, and it's always, uh, there's always this movie where this young girl falls madly in love with this gigantic stallion, Uh, You know, Black Beauty retold, revisited, and uh, there's always a shot of this horse rearing against the sunshine. Ah! Well, you know, horses don't like to do that. It it gives you a crick in the back and everything, you know. No, they don't. They really don't. You have to train a horse to do that. You know that they have ten guaranteed trained lay-down horses. Well, what's a lay-down horse? the same thing, you know. Hey, oh, sure and he lays down. you see many a horse lay down. but those are the horses that pretend to shot you pow and then he loop he lays down. You don't want to have one of those out at Central Park, you know a couple of backfires and three horses are laying down on the path there. They, what do you? you know? <laughs> and now here's what you can get. Now here, listen to this one. They have seven qualified and trained lead cattle for stampedes. Now, you did not know when you saw the stampede, you know, the big stampede that happened in the West all, all the time. You see, this is usually uh, in an old Montgomery Cliff movie. And uh, he's, the, he's the kid, see, and uh, John Wayne is the grizzled old trail rider who's his old man. And uh, so they're out trying to take all the cattle to Santa Fe, or is it, the, where are they going? The Santa Fe Dodge City or someplace like that, see, and you see all this. And sure enough, one night, uh, what happens? You know it's going to happen. All these cows are walking along going,
0: Mmm. Mmm.
1: They always do that. Mmm. Mmm. And you see these cowboys sitting around this quiet fireside. And John Wayne looks up and he says to Montgomery Clift, you are kind of restless. Boy, see, that's his ne'er-do-well son, who he thinks is a panty waste. Secretly, we know he's Right because we've seen him in a lot of other movies, we know he'll turn out to be that anyway. And so, uh, actually, being a panty waste, the movie's really called being sensitive. And so, uh, John Wayne, he looks over and says, they're restless in that boy, and you're on, you're on God. in about five minutes, and you get out there, get saddled up, and get going. And uh, Montgomery Cliff looks hurt. There's a hurt look comes in his eyes, as we know, you know. He looks very hurt, and he says, all right. Right. He's got that very nervous. All right, all right. And you see him getting out on his horse, and you know what's going to happen. Now we see him outlined against the moon. You hear him. And sure enough, the kid, by a mistake, he drops his uh, cap gun, and it goes off. And. The next thing you know, you've got this, you've got the damn, this cattle stamp. Well, do you think that happens just uh, automatically? <laughs> Friend, I'm going to tell you this. You, believe me, you can set off a cherry farm in the middle of a bunch of cows and all they do is belch. They do. They don't do anything. They just, they look. you got to have trained stampede leaders, just like trained strike leaders. Like trained agitators. I mean, uh, the average herd. After all, the cow is a herd animal. We know that the average herd. The, the man is a herd animal. He won't. He's not going to do anything. You got to stampede them. So the the trained stampede animals. What happens? They watch Montgomery Clift. See, they're watching them, and they're all on them. You know, they're all been placed very carefully. They look. See, they're cleverly disguised as regular cows, but actually they're trained stampede cows. And so the other the regular cows are walking along going. Ugh. Yeah. And they're chewing their cud. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. When all of a sudden, he drops his cap gun. He goes, pow, like that. Well, what does a trained stampede cow do? He butts the cow ahead of him and right in the behind. And the other one in front, you see, he kicks the other one in the mouth. And the next thing you know, all these cows are running around, and a stampede herd is running them down the trail. Mm-hmm. They're butting them in the back, and they're kicking them. And these are trained, these are very valuable cows. And, of course, they have to know when to stop. So when you see the kid has been, you know, he's been knocked off his horse, and they come thundering at him, you always see the scene. That you don't think those cows are stepping over and by just luck, do you? Trained to step over the good guys. And so they're now available. There are 12 of those, friends, if you'd like to buy 12 of those. Uh, would you like to know that, that you can also buy, if you're curious, you can buy a trained grizzly bear that is trained to feign an attack? Kind of nice, and uh, let's see what else they can lay down horses burros for extra actors. Yeah, extras. Are, you never see a hero riding on a burro or a donkey in a movie, it's usually Gina Lola Brigida. And uh, by the way, a very fine collection of colorful gypsy wagons for Marlena Dietrich movies. So, uh, there go the dreams, they're selling them at auction, friends. In this day of Andy Warhol, there is no place any longer or a good used stagecoach or a good stampede cow in the day of Jane Fonda and Total Camp. Forget it, friends. It's all been sold. The bonanza horses and all. You wonder what they're riding now in those movies you're seeing? <laughs> you don't think those are real horses anymore, do you? <laughs> Bring it up, large, yard, please.
0: please. <laughs>
1: By the way, there's been a rumor around here that they're going to sell me at auction here soon. Yeah, it's going to be a tie-in sale. Me and the Martha Dean are going as a pair, you know.
0: (laughs) Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Sandwich, but you're the filet fish
1: Sandwich all day.